This is Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren, South Carolina's only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft. And now the host of Dish and Dirt, Gary Pickren. And greeting everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of the best podcast, perhaps the only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent craft here in South Carolina. I am your often opinionated but rarely wrong host Gary Pickering coming to you from the Blair Cato Pickering Cash Line offices here in beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, this the second week of May 2023. And man, do I have a great show for you today because I have the COO of the Weimer Group from Orlando, Florida. Her name is Emily Tompkins-Smith. The Weimer Group is the top Orlando real estate team and has over 2,165 star reviews. Wow, that is quite a few. They have won awards such as Realtor.com Top 20 in the Nation, Real Trends America's Best, and Zillow's Top 50 in the Nation. These guys truly know what they're doing down there in Orlando. Emily is joining us today, and she's going to discuss an exercise that she actually did with her agents on how to strategize to get more listings. And I know that this is something that is on every real estate agent's minds. We need more and more listings. And she's got a exercise that she walks through to help you figure out how to get more listings in your market. She's also going to spend a few minutes with us trying to get us in the right mindset to effectively communicate with our client. Because if we're not communicating properly up front with our client, we're going to make it to a point where the client's not going to want to buy or sell their property. So mindset is going to be a big part of how you get your seller ready to start selling their property. So let's go ahead and jump in with Emily because we have a lot to do today. All right, guys. So today my guest is Emily Smith. She is the COO of an independent real estate brokerage in Orlando, Florida called Weimert Group Realty. She has been with that team for about seven and a half years now, and they have served over 1,200 families and have closed over $420 million in 2022 alone. While Walmart is a brokerage, it acts really as a true team with culture at their core. Today, they have, they have over 60 members and are continuing to grow even in this market today. The interesting thing about the group is they refer to themselves as a teamerage, and I can't wait to hear more about what exactly that is. So welcome to Dish and Dirt, Emily. Thank you so much for having me, Gary. I appreciate it. Before we start today, what in the world is a teamerage? Good question. I think we invented that word, although we we would claim that, but now I'm hearing it kind of everywhere in the real estate circles. Uh, a teamerage is just a brokerage that operates as a true team. So if you want to come work and be a part of Weimer Group Realty, we're asking you to fly our flag to make sure that you're using our logo, our colors, our brand. Uh, we We do that really because we believe that we're stronger together. So that brand power goes farther, our name goes farther when we're all sort of flying that same flag and moving those pieces forward together. So our show today is called No Inventory, High Interest Rates, Looming Recession. So what's a real estate agent to do? And, you know, the question, Emily, is do agents just throw up their hands and say, well, at this point, I might as well just get a second job. What What are we saying to agents as leaders? I know you're the COO of your company. What are you saying to your agents? I mean, I'm I'm saying please don't do that and walk away. Let's let's dig in together, right? And let's find solutions uh, together to make sure that you're able to maximize this next season and to make sure that you can do everything that you can to move your business forward. Because the name of the game in this business is just figuring out how to maximize every season, no matter what it looks like, and figuring out how to work those things in your favor to move your business forward um, when others are scared. So mindset obviously is a very important part of an agent in today's market. It's very easy to get discouraged. Some people get paralyzed by the fear of the unknown market forces. 
what are you telling your agents about mindset in order to keep them focused on moving forward and not getting wrapped up in the everyday bad news of housing market slumping, this is going bad, economy, interest rates? How are you handling that with your agents? Um, at least here in Orlando, I our, our market moves quickly. And so for us, even in the midst of all of these kind of churning um, pieces in the universe, we're pretty secure in the fact that folks will always need to buy or sell. And that's true everywhere. But again, we're we're in a little bit of an insulated spot because we're a vacation, you know, our second home market down here in Orlando. So so we're lucky in that way. So telling agents, turn the news off, mindset right, and just remember, folks will need a place to live. So it's our job to help problem solve, to figure out how to get folks into that next place, to ask questions like, is this home too big? Is it time to downsize? Or be watching for opportunity around you. Okay, they just got married. Are they going to need that bigger place? Do they need to sell their other place? Or, you know, this person has been has had mom living with them for a little while. Is it time to move mom on? And do we need to figure out how to help help them do that in a way that's going to be helpful to their family? So it's remembering first and foremost, that people will always need a place to live, keeping that in mind, and then figuring out how to solve those problems and serve those in front of you every step of the way. Things you're hitting on is that we have to be consistent and be in front of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I That's actually, um, that's a whole topic right there. But for us, when we hire a new agent, the questions we're asking are, what does your database look like? How do you keep in touch with these folks now? How do you organize them? Now, are they just in your phone? Do you have an actual database software that you're using? Are you using just a spreadsheet? And any of those things can work if you're using them well. So there's no judgment on what the answer is. I just, we're looking for folks that have thought about it or that are willing to be taught about how to think about it. And so if the relationship in in front of you right now, searching for a home is your one thing, that's what you're focused on. It's um, continuing to serve them at the highest level possible so that they'll bring you that next relationship. But then when you're serving this next one, which is now your number one focus, it's still keeping this other person that brought you the first one in mind. Um, I'm a huge fan of Michael Mayer. He's, he's the author of, that wrote Seven Levels of Leadership. And he talks about how, you know, when you get this relationship, make sure you go thank that one for bringing you this one. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that agents miss. They miss the opportunity to hold on to the folks that helped bring them the next person and the next relationship in order to build that business. Um, on our crew, I'm so proud of this. But by year three on our team, most of our agents are 50 like percent repeat referral business. Wow. And they all run high volume businesses. And so staying relationship focused when you're trying to build volume is incredibly difficult. And that would go to prove a concept that I think most people seem to forget. Real estate's a full time job. <laughs> And it's a, it's a hard job. It's not something I can just go put out a sign and hope people will send me business. If you want to be successful, you have to work. Yeah, you have to work the systems and you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan and you don't have to work when others work. It doesn't have to be a nine to five. Get, in fact, it isn't. Most listeners of this show know that. But if you're willing to say, I'm going to get up and I'll, you know, you can have that life where you send your kids off in the morning and you have breakfast with them and then you work during the morning and maybe do your lead gen or you're following up or doing, um, you know, searching for hidden inventory for folks in the mornings. And then you spend your afternoon out doing showings. You can be home when the kids get off the bus if you want, or you could be there to have dinner with your, your crew or your spouse or your friends or whoever is important to you. And then off you go to show another house right after dinner and you're home before dark. So there's, there's a lot of flexibility in the schedule, but you do still have to work it as a nine to five 
I will tell you, I have a lot of agents that come in and they say, I'm just so stressed. I've been working and working, working. And I'm like, let's, let's get down to how much you're actually working. Like if you were to find an app on your phone that lets you start and stop time, mm-hmm. and you were to actually use that for a week, how, like, what, what would you find? Would you find that you're actually working 40 hours a week or would you find that you're working 10, but you're driving to pick something up or going to the grocery store or popping in and out between? I had an agent on the team that did that exercise. And she came back and she said to me, I'm shocked. I thought I was working like 80 hours a week and I was working like 12. Wow. So, she was right. getting her life as part of her work. And it is, right? If you're if you're looking right. at the balance, but you can't run around and say, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. And then have it not really be about your work at all. Right. But it also sounds like a lot of where we need to be today in order to be successful is it takes a lot of thinking. It takes a lot of planning. And one thing I've learned as we have, I've been doing this for 27 years as I've moved out of working in the business, but working on the business is I can spend a whole day of eight hours, feel like I really didn't create anything, but I had an incredible work day because I was literally thinking and working on the business, coming up with the plans and figuring out how we're going to implement them. That's a lot of what agents should be doing right now is thinking and planning. I agree. And I, I think if you're a part of a team or you're a part of a brokerage, I would be asking for some sit downs with your leadership to help you with that if that's not your strong suit. A lot of folks join a team because that isn't their strong suit. Their strong suit is selling. Their strong suit is being with the client. And so finding other folks that are saying, I will put my time into building the systems or building the thought process around what could you be doing with your time and then making that efficient for them can help. It can help X your business over time. And so a lot of the folks that come to our team come because they are amazing with the clients and amazing in sales, but they need that support. They need that energy from the back end and they need leadership that's looking around and doing the reading and doing the research and saying, okay, here's what we're seeing from a brokerage level. Here's what other agents are finding success with. Here are the recommendations we're making. And here's how to put all that together to make that work for you. They still have to plug and play and do their part. But it becomes a whole lot easier for an agent, again, when you're you're tapping into the power of the team. So one of the things an agent needs to be doing right now is really taking an inventory of themselves, figuring out what it is I'm doing well, what is I'm not doing well, where am I spending my time, where is this market going and where I can tap into it and not stress so much and spend so much time on the negatives of what's going on. I think so. I think always, always thinking through the positives. How do I make the most of this? How do I problem solve through this? How do I... I push past the things that I'm not necessarily good at. Um, it's not a bad idea to make uh, do an exercise during this time where you sit down and make a list of the things you don't feel like you're excelling at in this business. And then itemize those and go, are these things that I could get coached on, get help with, that I need someone else to maybe do it for me because it's just not something I excel at? Um, and, and to take a realistic itemized look at the job itself. Now, you're a very self-assured and self-confident leader, and that's what we need in our leaders in this industry. Do you have times yourself where your mindset turns a little negative when you see things are going on? I mean, we've got an election coming up. We've got looming recession. Some people think we're already in a recession. Every day you're getting bombarded by our lender friends out there telling us of layoffs and so forth. Do you have your own time that sometimes you feel like you struggle with that? Because I think it's important to hear that. I do. Um, I also am not I'm not shy about sharing those fears with the team. And I think that a good leader is not afraid to say, listen, I share the same fears that you do. I hear the same news you do. I'm hearing, I'm getting those same calls you're getting from lenders or seeing the things in my social media feeds. Um, And we're in this together. 
and again, for me, I, I'm very pro team because that's my world, but it's the power of collective thought. How are we going to get through this? Let's think through this together. Let's problem solve how we're going to go get listings. Let's problem solve how we're going to get buyers from one place to the next and, and make this work in everybody's favorite. How are we going to talk about the whole puzzle of a real estate transaction? I think so often we get tied up in what are the rates doing or what does this look and, and rather than saying, you know what, it's a whole puzzle. It's not about the number in front of the rate. It's can they afford the payment and can we get them from point A to point B? Are they just you know, picking up their investment and moving it to a new property, but they're upgrading their lifestyle. So it's mm -hmm. worth it. And that trade-off is worth it. So it's helping our our agents think collectively about it. But to go back to your question, I, I'm not shy about saying, yes, I'm nervous about this too, but I'm with you. And we will get through this because again, where we started in this conversation, buyers still need to buy, sellers still need to sell and, and folks still need homes. And the interesting thing, I had a title insurance company come visit us yesterday and she said, the economists in real estate are telling her that we need to look at planning for what 2018 and 2019 were. And I distinctly remember in 2018 and 2019 going, wow, this is the greatest market ever. And if the 2018-19 market is our baseline, that's not bad. So we got to kind of look at things, I think, based on a little bit of reality. I mean, we could never keep the kind of numbers we were doing in June and July was just not sustainable. No, we were we had homes that would sell and then we were 10% over that on every house that sold and like at, at some point like you, you the market cannot sustain that kind of growth. And we always say like you don't know you're coming down until you're on the other side of that hill starting to come down and so we saw that this year and right now it feels like a precipitous fall. Like that's what it feels like because we're not seeing that 10 over 10 over 10 every time a house sells. Right. But what we are seeing is that we're still we're still going to appreciate it's just not going to be to the same level. And so it's knowing that as an agent, I I find that we have to know first. We have to know the data. We talk about wanting clients to make data-driven decisions. But as an agent or as leadership in a brokerage, you have to know how to speak data first. And you have to be able to stay calm and explain things in a way to folks that they can understand. So if folks think that we're in a, in a precipitous fall and they're scared, they're not going to want to make a move. But if you can explain what's happening, why it's happening, how maybe we got here, and that it is going to maybe even back out. And again, we won't know we're there till we're there. Um, they can make those decisions for themselves without feeling all of that extra emotion tied into it. But as agents or as leaders, we can feel all the same feelings they're feeling. We can feel fear about the market. We can feel, feel, we can feel fear about interest rates coming up and all of the other things happening in our universe. But we have to keep our own emotion out of it in order to help others make good data-driven decisions for themselves. Matt Johnson over at Real Estate Uncensored, one of the greatest podcasters is in real estate, told me one time, he goes, I think real estate agent jobs, half of it's being a psycholo psychologist, psychiatrist, and you've got to learn how to take your emotions out of what's going on. And we all have emotions based on what's going on right now. We're all a little anxious, a little, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear. But when we push that onto our consumer, they're not going to buy. We can't have that. So we've got to have that look confident. We know what's going on. And the way to do it is data driven. And you're right. Explaining interest rates and how historically they're still low. Explaining that we have adjustable rates. Explaining that you can refinance. There's mm -hmm. a lot of reasons out there buyers should still be buying houses. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it takes that calm even voice coming from the other side. But as an agent, you have to have done your homework already to understand how to explain those things. 
I understand you're a big teacher. You love teaching. That's one of your things that you like to do. You have meetings all the time. And there was an exercise that I want the listeners to learn about that you did, which I think they can do on their own as well. I think a brokerage can do this, a team can do it, or an individual can do it. But tell us about this team exercise you did back in March where you challenged the agents by basically popping it right in the middle of the eyes with this big question. So tell us about the question and then how your agents reacted to it. So uh, the holy grail in real estate is listings, right? We all need them. They're the mousetrap for where to find the buyers. That's why we all work so very hard to go out and, and take listings. And so we challenged the team and said, hey, if you were to lose your real estate license, if you can't go get a listing in the next 24 hours, uh, what would you do? What would you do? And somebody very, very quickly was like, I'd quit. And I'm like, no, not, <laughs> not the right answer. Somebody else said, I'll sell my own house. I'm like, also, maybe maybe that's the right answer, but probably not. Right. Um, and so there are lots and lots of things that came out of that. And now we use the answers that they gave us in our trainings when we bring in newer agents and we have them up as a resource for them to use. Um, but there are lots and lots of ways to go get inventory. And it was such a good reminder to them that they don't have to sit and wait. And they don't have to sit. It's absolutely. And the ball is in their court. Um, I'll tell you about another quick exercise we did with them actually this morning. Um, I put up a digital dice roller on the screen with a QR code and had everybody scan it. And I said, all right, you've got 90 seconds to roll the dice as many times as you can roll it. And every time you get a six, mark it down on a piece of paper. And every time you get a two, mark it down on a piece of paper. And so we did, we went through the 90 seconds and people are fast and furious and the stress level's high and the excitement's in the air. It's like a $10 gift card up for grab for the person that got the number of sixes, right? The highest number of sixes. So we get to the end and the whole point is that the more you roll the dice, the, the more of a chance you have to win, right? To get a six. The more you make those calls, the more you are brave and talk to neighbors, the more, more opportunity you put yourself in front of the more opportunity you have. And then at the very end of the meeting, I said, all right, who had the most twos? Because these are your longtime nurturers. So these are the folks that eventually decided to buy it. And there were two different winners. You had a winner up front who got the stuff up front. And then there was a winner who like those folks held on and they were able, but it was a really good visual way with the team for them to be like, you know what? My effort will bring an outcome if I'm willing to do the work, if I'm willing to just keep you know, rolling the dice. And I laughed because it was a free site. So like pop up ads were popping up and it was, you know, we were joking that it was like the spam calls or the folks that are like, no, I just want to rent or I want to, but it was, it was a super easy way with the team to show effort will give you outcome. It will. And, and same thing with that exercise back in March. Um, if you just spend a minute making a plan and thinking what in my power do I have in my control to do to go out and take a listing or to get my next listing, you probably can do it. And so um, would it be helpful for your your crew, Gary, for us to share what some of those yeah, practical they ideas love are? love the uh, action items. So give us some action items that y'all came up with. Yeah, I mean, I think just first and foremost, like your database. We talked, we've been talking about database this whole call, but call your past clients, call and just, just chat and see how they're doing and then do an, oh, by the way, I'm just just, you know, it's, I'm a real estate agent. I would be horrible if I didn't ask yet. You know, you can do that. It can be organic. It doesn't have to feel overly salesy. Or you can ask like, hey, just keep me in mind in this season if somebody in your office or your neighbor starts talking about selling. I've got, I still have buyers in my back pocket that I just can't find anything for and that are, are looking. So please let me know. I'm also connected to a lot of other agents with buyers. So even if I don't have your buyers, I probably know somebody that does. And people want 
to be helpful. They want to help. So when you enlist their help and you say, hey, can you help me, you know, listen for this or listen to your neighbors? Oftentimes they want to respond by that. This is the season of Popeye's, making sure that you're, you can drop by with something cute. It could be something small. It doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money. Um, this is the time too to call your investor, past pa- investor clients. Do they want to offload that inventory? Do they want to get that out of their hands, free up their cash? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, rentals here are, <laughs> rents are skyrocketing in Orlando. So most investors are not too sad about holding on. But it is another way to possibly find a lead or they may have the one you originally sold them and they want to keep that one, but maybe they've got another one they want to offload. They also might have a renter who's now looking to buy a house. So they might help you give that renter to you. So you can go find a house and you put somebody else in their house. Absolutely. Um, Making connections with local folks that can help you like financial planners or certain attorneys or, you know, relocation company or parent groups or you know, just attending your kids' sports teams and be, you know, events and being really intentional. We talk a lot in our office about being where you want to be. Do you want to be at your kids' sports events? Then go be at the sports events and be, you know, on point and meeting people and just be there and be who you are. And they will equate that success of you being in that space with what you do in your in your job too. And it's it's just a natural way to engage. I've got um a, an agent in my office who loves to go to the gym. And so we've told her, like, don't feel guilty about getting to the gym. Be at the gym. Do it consistently. Go at the same times. Meet the people that are there. And you know what? You'll sell a house to every person at the gym. But be where you already want to be. And it'll be easy. And it'll be you'll be magnetic because you're going to want to be there. Um, But using this time to be in networking groups or being in those groups is always, always a good idea. You can search inventory on MLS. In our world, that's searching solds from like three to five years ago. In that sweet spot of where you were talking about where the market was really good and and helping folks, you know, make some decisions around that. That's that's a sweet spot in your database too, just for the record. Looking back at your folks that bought in that three to five year ago period, they all have equity, probably lots of equity, right? And some of them have probably refinanced by now uh, as well, but they, they there's a sweet spot in there for you. Calling FISBOs, expired listings, that's something a lot of agents do all the time, but this this is a good time to do that. Uh, open houses, maximize your open houses. And I would say go all out. That is your audition for the neighborhood. So when you are doing an open house, don't just stick a sign in the yard and a couple at the end of the street, like put some balloons on the signs, have great snacks. So when the neighbors come by to do a little pop by, I used to not believe in the snack situation. I always thought that was silly. I'm like, why are we buying charcuterie boards for open houses? Like people are here to see the house, not here to eat. But I started, I was challenged on that by a colleague who said, no, this is my, you told me this was my audition for the neighborhood. So I want to show up with, you know, my best foot forward. And I was like, you know what, you're right. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. So when a neighbor comes in, they have a reason to grab a great snack and they can sit and chat with you. But taking the time to door knock that neighborhood ahead of the open house or taking the time to maybe do like some circle prospecting or call around the neighborhood before or after the open house. Don't just put the sign out and say, okay, I'm good. People will just wander in. Um, Sitting there and meeting the six people that come in the house. It's using the open house as a tool to make contacts with other people by talking to neighbors, by talking to people who came through and things of that nature. Absolutely. If you are anywhere close to like a supermarket or somewhere where you can stick a sign in the corner of their you know, parking lot, put a sign in the corner of the parking lot saying open house and put some details about that house and people will come find you. If there's an address and a phone number, they will come find you, but don't just stick, don't stick that sign down at the end and just hope that it goes well. Um, using social media to your advantage. 
I have a buyer searching for and put it out there and say, please help me find someone for this house or help me help my client. You know, you can use some creative language that again, kind of um, activates that little spot in people's brains where they're like, I really do want to help you. I want to, I want to help you figure out how to do this and see what comes up. You can post on next door or you could ask a client that lives in a certain neighborhood. Like, Hey, I, you know, I helped you buy a house in this neighborhood. I've got somebody that really wants this neighborhood. Could you help me find somebody? Uh, the other option there is just to post into a Facebook neighborhood group and, and ask. I have a client lives, you know, wants this neighborhood. Who do you know? I see a lot of those here because they start to catch on. But in certain markets, these are things that agents have not started utilizing yet. So if you don't see these kinds of posts in your market, you could be the first. If you're in a market where no one is posting these kinds of things yet, take advantage of it. Ask for help in social media, Facebook groups, in uh, your next door apps. Or call a past client and say, hey, would you mind posting this on my behalf? It could be incredibly powerful tool to find the right house. Um, I recently learned of a technique that someone is using where if I have a listing, I will think through like, okay, this is Gary's house. And who did I meet Gary from? So I'm going to call that person and say, hey, I've got Gary's house that just came on the market. Um, would you mind taking a look at the social media posts? Would you mind checking in with Gary and just saying like, hey, your house looks amazing. I can't wait for this to sell. And would you mind sharing that on yours? And this particular agent goes back like three or four people deep. So he would go back to me if I introduced him to you. He would go back to the person that introduced him to me. And then he would go back further. And it has exploded his business. Wow. Because it's, it makes the folks in his database aware that um, he cares about relationships. That he cares that, you know he remembers who gave who to who to him in their database. You also can take your dog. <laughs> we hear Mark in the background. I you know, take your dog out, walk him in the park gonna, and get a lot of business that way. Let me put her outside. No Gary. problem. We don't, we love dogs. I'm so sorry. No, 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 yeah, no, no, well, don't put her up. Don't put her up. We're fine. I just threw that comment well, in there. So when people heard it, they know what they're saying. Well, we have a dog. All right. Let's go back real quickly as we end today. Basically what we're talking about with this circle of influence and talking back with the database is building relationships. It's all about relationship referral business. This is how I think we're going as an industry that the people that are going to use you are those that have relationships with you. Now, I'll play devil's advocate. I want you to respond to this agent for me. This is the agent who says, um, well, I haven't ever done that. And I think if I start doing it now, it's not going to come across genuine. Now the economy's bad and all of a sudden I'm calling you trying to get a relationship. How do you tell that agent, doesn't matter, let's move forward? I think that's fair, right? And I think they can take the weird out of it by saying to the person, listen, I've done a terrible job at keeping up with you over the last couple of years. And I actually feel really bad about that. And so I'm just calling to check in with you today and see how you're doing and, and see if you've got questions that you're probably watching the same news, you know, shows that I am and the market doesn't look good. Aren't you glad you bought five years ago? Like, haha. Or I'm just curious, have you done any updates to the house? Or how are you enjoying the neighborhood still? And my my answer to that agent would be, you just never know. You never know. But take the weird out of it for people. Just be willing to, yeah, start somewhere and, and put it out there. Like, hey, I really should have been checking in with you over the last couple of years, but I didn't. But something made me remember you today. And I just thought I'd give you a quick call and check in. And you don't have to make it about real estate on that first call. You can make it genuine and you can start to turn the tide in that conversation. I'll I'll tell you a quick story about a mistake we made with our database that I think was like the best thing we ever did. 
Um, a couple of years ago, I had a marketing director on my team who came to me in a complete panic. And he, we were getting ready to do a water park event with past clients. And at the time, we were going to try to invite like 200 people to a water park, which is a fairly large client event. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I made a huge mistake. I just emailed the entire database, which is like, I don't know, it was like 50,000 people, an invitation to a water park event. Wow. And I was like, oh, no. And I, he panicked. I panicked. You know, it was a whole thing. But what happened was we ended up with 600 people at a water park event, not 50,000, because most of those people, it didn't apply to them, or maybe they had moved away or whatever the situation was that they couldn't come. The event was much, much bigger than we intended. However, our database, like it exploded that year. People felt included. They felt invited. They felt seen. People that like I would have never in my life thought would come to an event like that showed up at that event and were so grateful to have been included. And they were probably people that wouldn't have even made it to the original invite mm-hmm. list. There are people that have loved working with you. I, I promise you that just you haven't connected with or haven't remembered to connect with. And if you just stuck your head up and said, hey, I was thinking about you and your family, or if you sent a quick text saying like, I know it's been a while, but just just sending you guys some, you know, some thoughts today or would love to catch up and see how you're doing. People are not going to be that weird about it. They're going to feel thought of and that's honoring to people. And so just to that agent, don't be afraid. Uh, you won't end up with 600 people at a water park like we did. <laughs> it was a whole thing. But it was the best mistake we've ever made. And the last question on that same line then would be, how do you respond to the agent who says, which I find funny because you're in sales. Oh, I don't I think calling these people and doing that seems so salesy. I don't want people to think I'm like selling jewelry. I don't want to be one of those people. Well, you're in a sales business. But again, yep. how do you deal with that agent in your office who says, I don't want to come across as salesy? I think that's fair. I think just to acknowledge that there's real fear around that. Most people don't want to come off as salesy. And so the answer to that is then don't. Figure out how to be authentic. Figure out how to call and have a reason to call that isn't salesy. Um, you're not calling to ask them if they want to buy, sell, or invest in real estate. That's not the call. The call is, I'm just calling because you ha- I happened, you came to mind today and I just wanted to call. I know it's been a long time, but I just wanted to check in. How are you? How's the family? How's the house? How's It's natural. And then they'll say, how are you? And you can say, I'm good. Honestly, I'm a little stressed. This market's, you know, a little different. It's changing. I said, nothing bad, but it's, it's different than it was. And so we're good. You know, is there, is there anything I can help you guys with? And also while I've got gotcha, you, you don't have to do the normal does anyone you know want to buy, sell, or whatever? You can say, well, I've got you. Just remember, I'm a trusted resource for you. I've got painters and carp- you know, That's carpet it. folks and you know, resource. So if you can remind them that you are a resource, or if you can have a reason to reach out, I just you know, bought this new tool for my team, or my team has provided this awesome new tool that I, I want to put, put you guys on. Um, we use HomeBot for seller nurture in our world. So anybody that sold a home through us, we use something called HomeBot because there's not a lot of seller nurture out there. There's more mm-hmm. now than there has been in the past. But it's something that you could say, can I put you on that? All it's going to do is send you an email every month to tell you, you know, your your home value. That's it. That's all. And so it's low. It's a low key ask. They can say yes or no. It's a reason for you to pick up the phone and call. And you can say, this is just something that'll will keep you abreast of what the values in your neighborhoods are doing or, or what you could maybe do with the equity in your house. It'll give you some ideas every month. Or you can always unsubscribe if you hate it. So you're welcome to do that too. Whether you sell your house or not, everybody wants to know what my house is worth. Absolutely. And so it's it's a reason to connect that doesn't have to feel overly salesy. 
I, I do think that's the number one fear agents have. They don't want to come off as salesy. Um, I, I think that's a huge piece of the sales hurdle to get over for most folks. Mm -hmm. So the answer there is then don't be salesy. Be authentic and be real. And, and people will remember that you were helpful and that they are going to want to be connected to you and bring others to you because you solved their problems. You helped them overcome whatever it was they were having to overcome to get into that next thing. And that's, that's what will continue to bring them back to you. And that's what will continue to build your business. Very sound advice today, Emily. How do our listeners follow you or get in touch with you? Sure. So you can find me at uh, WeMertGroupRealty.com. And we're out of Orlando, Florida. You can also find me personally on Facebook or Instagram under Emily Tompkins Smith. There are only a bajillion Emily Smiths in the world. So I'm Emily Tompkins Smith in those spaces. Fantastic. Thank you for being with us today. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Gary. And that's all the time we have for our show today. We appreciate you listening once again to Dish and Dirt. If you please like us, share us, and subscribe to Dish and Dirt and tell all the other agents in your community about how wonderful this show is. Y'all come back again next week, and we'll see you then. Take care.